There is nobody in this entire competition that is as hungry as Michael McGillicuddy. He is the son of a WWE Hall of Famer. He was born to do this. And most importantly, he has the support of all of you, who will from this point forward be known as the McGilla Buddies. Oh my lord. You see lord. what I did there? McGilla Buddies, I like that, man. That's cool. That's right, I will win NXT. The future is now. And welcome back to another episode of Half K NXT Season 2. <laughs> and of course, the two-time host, uh, I don't know, <laughs> the two-time NWO <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wolfpack, Titus Pack, <laughs> Nando O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, you already know who it is. Larry the Axe spitting facts with Nando Soldier Commando. Riding around in a Lambo, doing <laughs> suplexes like Sambo. Ooh, <laughs> I was trying to think of another Nando one, but I failed. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the show, and I'm glad to have you back. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can't believe that we are already on double digits. That I think that's why I said two time because. We, it is episode oh, 22, episode 22. <laughs> which is unfortunately episode July 20th, <laughs> 2010, <laughs> for you guys watching it on the new WWE Network. Yes. Because they have cut out all the numbers, unfortunately. Haters. Haters. But for us, to make it easy for you guys, this is definitely episode 22. <laughs> so the thing we were just talking about before we started recording was how everyone li literally has a has a has a t-shirt now <laughs> and it's it's kind of the same thing if 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 you base it based on that then that kind of gives you an overall feeling of like how everyone's pretty much on that same generic level mm -hmm. just based on the t-shirts alone because all it is is just their name and like some generic font that there's no real character behind any of those shirts mm -hmm. so like i guess that's kind of the problem now with um merchandising mm -hmm. is that People are getting shirts and merchandise before they even really have characters. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. With your name on a shirt, that doesn't really do it for me. Like, why do I want to buy, like, just because I like you, just because I want to support you like that? I get it. I want to put some money in your pockets. But in order for me to kind of, like, sport it and feel like I'm a part of you, I should know who you are in the mm -hmm. same, like, vein. So it's a little it's a little empty. Yeah. But I, on one hand, it's really good for everybody to get merchandise just to get out there and get an opportunity to make that money but then at the same time it you know if everybody's just gonna have your kind of basic typecast shirt how are you really gonna stand out mm -hmm. no i it i agree with you 100 percent because even back in the day when we were kids and went to shows and everything there was a ton of guys that i liked but half the time their shirts weren't that great of a design mm -hmm. so as much as i loved them i didn't buy the shirt because especially back then i didn't have the same amount of money that i have uh by now as an adult mm -hmm. so i really had to choose wisely on which shirt i wanted to buy yeah but you know like if you give me 155 shirts yeah and i like you know a hot 30 people yeah. and those 30 people all have a shirt that look the same i'm probably gonna buy one of those yeah <laughs> exactly so yeah kind of kind of leading into that so we are going to do somewhat of a, a mini recap on NXT since it just debuted on USA. We're not going to go over every match or anything. We just kind of want to go over the aesthetics and just like the presentation overall. Mm -hmm. And yeah, dude, I, I've i seen nothing but glowing reviews so far for this uh, debut episode. And granted, this is still where it's only one hour technically on USA mm -hmm. and then the other hour is on the network. And even then... People, people love it already, you know. You know, from what I, uh, from what I got, it seems like it almost felt like just two episodes running back to back. Yeah, yeah. Versus it being one 
long show, it almost was like a double header or yeah. something like that. So I think if that's the plan moving forward, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I yeah, that's it. Like it's just is it, it moving forward? Like if they do it double header style like this, it's pretty cool because then it's like you get that first hour on television, and in theory it should boost your subscriptions for people to want to get the network yeah. to watch the second hour. Yeah, no, I agree. And exactly how you said, I, that's how I treated it because I literally watched the first episode or not the first episode, the first hour yesterday. And I watched the second hour today. Mm-hmm. So I literally split it and it, it felt exactly how you said, like it felt like two separate episodes based on how the, the match ended on the first hour, it kind of gave it a, a perfect conclusion to that mm. hour. And then the next hour was kind of doing its own thing. Like there wasn't really any stories that overlap between the two hours, you know? Mm. See, that's tight. Mm-hmm. So I just hope that they don't fall into a pattern of ending the first hour, making it have to connect to the second hour. Yeah. Like I think some episodes can be standalone mm-hmm. or, you know, like just the way how it was, how you said it transitioned pretty good. And it really was like a, a end of the first episode and then a start of the second part of yeah. the first episode. That that'll be a good kind of more formula to really force people to have to watch the whole episode to see what's going to happen. It's like, is it just going to end? Do mm-hmm. I pick up where I'm going to leave off? So it'll make you have to sit there as opposed to when you can start to guess like, all right, look, this is what they do. They just do it. <laughs> And then this next hour is going to bleed into it. And it's going to, I just hope it doesn't have a, a clear, like undercard main card. Yeah. 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 Just, just keep, you know what I'm saying? I don't want it to be like, Oh man, you just got the first hour. Welcome to the second hour where we have all the title matches and stuff. So it'll be cool if they keep them, you know, just, just make it a show and just run it. Yeah. I can see them definitely doing a thing where maybe not all the time, but they kind of do maybe a similar format to SmackDown where you'll get, the the champion adam cole at the beginning of the hour kind of just declaring you know whatever he's whoever he's beefing with Mm -hmm. and then getting challenged and then that they'll either have a singles or tag match in the main event later on so that i don't mind but Mm -hmm. i think you're right where i don't want i don't want it to be a situation similar to episodes of raw when it's one storyline with Rollins and whoever, and they're just like brawling the first hour, then the second hour, and then the third hour. <laughs> I, I kind of just want one starting point and one ending point for mm-hmm. all these storylines. And I think that's what will give it that natural flow that just doesn't feel like you're over um, overfeeding us on one particular storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what will keep it really fresh. Like that's what, that's what makes NXT good. Now mm-hmm. you almost, it gives everybody an e- so since the episodes, you know, before were, I guess what you'd watch one episode, but that was really like the, the taping of like two. I think what they did and that's and this is what's really going to help it is I, I believe how they did it is that they did four tapings on one uh, full sale episode. So that's why some episodes of uh, NXT by the time that you get towards the, the fourth week of those tapings, the crowd is pretty much dead because mm. they've gone through roughly three, four hours of of uh tapings and at that point they had probably seen some of the same wrestlers come out already mm. so they've heard the theme song maybe once or twice or three times already so by the time they come out they don't get the same pop mm-hmm. compared to now if it's going to be live every week every single time that they come out they're going to pop every time yeah mm. so it that's the that's going to be the beauty of it is that this time you're just going to get a live crowd every week that will pop whenever a wrestler comes out compared to before you know yeah i got you okay that makes sense yeah interesting yeah and speaking of which yeah i i really like the the new layout of the they're still they're still at full sale but the way they did it it's they made it even to me it feels like it's even smaller Mm -hmm. but i like that vibe because the the stage is the the screen is a lot bigger Mm -hmm. and the walkway is a little bit shorter Mm -hmm. and then everything else just feels like it's kind of squeezed in like the audience is well, even yeah, closer. you bring them in closer it makes it a little bit more intimate mm-hmm. it makes it seem like it's bigger yeah um the screen's like huge you might as well play with that mm-hmm. that's where they get their graphics that's going to carry over to the other shows yeah like and i, I like it because it's not main rostered nxt anymore mm-hmm. it's just the other shows yeah so yeah i'm hoping to see some interesting jumping around um you know what is it, it i guess what uh what's his name is back Leo Rush is back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're going to start incorporating the Cruiserweight title to NXT mm-hmm. like they should have done in the first wave. <laughs> but now, like, now they just got either you're going to sneakily 
change the belt to to have an NXT logo on it? Or oh, know? I'm pretty sure. I I have the original one, and yeah, I'm pretty sure they're gonna do a redesign and probably try to sneak that up there on the website now. Mm. All right, I'm with that. But yeah, I I'm I'm excited about that because kind of how you just said where a lot already happened in two hours with the the wrestlers that they had on that show and they still have probably more to, more than half of that that they haven't even used yet and they didn't use any of the 205 uh 205 live roster yet mm-hmm. so yeah they have plenty of guys to go around to rotate it and make it feel fresh mm-hmm. and that's what i was surprised that that's why i was kind of worried that oh two hours it's going to get kind of uh, repetitive mm-hmm. but now that i saw what they what they're going to do and now incorporating 205 and the uk guys mm-hmm. too it they they have way more it'll, it'll be really cool because as long as they keep it to where you don't have to see the same people in the same episodes every week yeah. similar to how nxt is yeah then it'll be tight yeah because you know you could watch an episode and not see adam cole for mm-hmm. like maybe two weeks or something like that and, yeah and it's still fine yeah so yeah i i i can't wait and yeah it'll definitely be interesting once they finally officially get the two hours on USA, mm-hmm. and when when of course when AEW starts to see that that true head to head battle of uh, of uh, networks at that point, mm-hmm. it'll be fun. It'll be a it'll be a good time. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan again. Yeah, finally. Cool. So yeah, we'll kick off the show. So I, as I mentioned before, to us this is episode twenty two. It is July twentieth, two thousand ten. And we are coming from the Verizon Arena in Little Rock, Ar- Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Little Rock, Arkansas. Yeah, not Arkansas. Arkansas. I, I, my speech pattern just kind of blanked out there for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, we kind of kick off. I like this right off the bat. I'll, I'll just say that right out loud as as I read my notes. Is that I really like this where Matt Stryker runs through tonight's obstacle course, just because. They kind of do a good job of right off the bat. That's the first thing that you see when you tune into the show. And they kind of explain, you know, exactly what you have to do throughout the obstacle course. And even then, Josh and Cole are kind of making fun of his pace and everything like that. So right off the bat, it's just a fun intro to start Mm -hmm. off the show. And it's also very different. You know, usually we get a video package or just the intro itself. But I really like this that they kind of have Matt Stryker go through the obstacle course here. Oh, yeah. You can't have NAC without an obstacle course either, baby. Yeah. So this one is a little bit different compared to the one from season one. And this one, they start off with the, what do you call these, tire jumps, I, I would say? Uh, Yeah, I like get tire run. Ti- yeah, like a tire run, tire jump. And from there, they have to jump over these walls. And they all, they're, they're all different sizes. The first one is a little... A little one. I remember this episode. Oh, yeah? Yes, I do. So when I was watching it, like everything was clicking and remembering. Ah. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and yeah, after that, then they have to do 10 push-ups in this designated area that they have mm-hmm. marked out. Then they have to go. Uh, I just call it a balance board. Yeah. Balance beam, balance board. Yeah. And finally, very similar to season one, they just have to push a cart up to the finish line. Yeah. I don't know what's in there. But yeah. <laughs> I don't do those things are heavy. No, I have no idea what's in there, but hey. Yeah. And yeah, striker finishes at 41.5. So I'll try to remember that thing because I did write down the times for all the other ones, but nice. I, I can't remember if uh if some rookies did worse than striker. Mm, but I think we get one for sure. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, I uh I like the segment, and after that we kind of kicked into the standard intro. And right off the bat, we start off with a segment, which I kind of threw me off because I thought we were going to just get another introduction by Stryker or Ashley. Mm. But no, we get the second talk show host ever on NXT with the VIP lounge from MVP. Mm-hmm. And it is literally the same setup as Percy Watson's Showtime. Showtime. Show, Showtime. Yeah. Percy Watson. Show. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally the same couches and the same layout. The only difference is that we have mood lighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we start off the show and MVP says that his trademark of big things popping, little things stopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the only reason why there is mood lighting is because he's in a serious mood this mm-hmm. week. In case uh, if you don't remember or uh, need a recap, Last week, we had Percy Watson's talk show host and, or I should say, talk show. 
And he invited MVP on the show and secretly went heel on him Mm -hmm. (laughs) by inviting down the other rookies from NXT and trying to make a statement. But MVP was able to kind of fight him off with his own pros and Mm -hmm. his own crew there. So he's upset at Percy Watson and invites him down to the ring. Let's just cut to the chase. What you did last week or what you attempted to do, it didn't take courage, didn't take guts, didn't take spirit, but it did take initiative. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you, I wanted to smash them glasses right on your face. But as I thought about it, I realized you and I are actually a lot alike. You see, the, uh, the MVP that debuted on SmackDown just a few years ago, he would have done the same exact thing. But I've come a long way since then and I've learned a lot. The question is, did you learn anything? He was really angry at him, but when he had more time to think about it, he says, you know, when you compare Percy Watson to a young MVP, I would have actually done the same thing. Mm. So he kind of accepts it and says that, you know, if he's sorry for what he he did. And Percy Watson says that, you know, he really respects him and really apologizes for what happened last week that, you know, the emotions just kind of overwhelmed him and he wanted to just stand out so much. So, you know, they they embrace and they actually get back on the same page here. I made note of that as, hey, man, I'm sorry we tried to jump you. Hey, man, it's all good. I'll endorse you moving forward. Yeah, that's basically the recap when you really just want to get down to the bare bones of what because happened. they didn't jump him. They, yeah, they, they, they didn't lay one finger on him. That's true. When you when you actually break down it, so it's like, I mean, you could be mad MVP, but what were you really mad about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just he just assumed that they were going to jump mm-hmm. him. But yeah, man. You know what? Yeah. You jumped to a conclusion. They could, they had more than an opportunity to beat the crap out of you, and they didn't. Yeah. At most, you had an opportunity to win a battle royal, yeah. and you did it. Neither one of you won, so it's okay. Yeah. That's a good point that I didn't think of, and I don't think the bookers did, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. They didn't even touch him. They were just trying to get him robbed up, see what he was going to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, MVP won no punk, so he got his homies out, and the not well-thought-out plan was backfired. Yeah. <laughs> by the GM, Mr. Stryker. <laughs> oh, yeah. And speaking of Mr. Stryker, now he's officially... I mean, he was official last week, but he's even more official this week because he came out to his theme song. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that caught me off guard. Like, I was watching this while I was working and I heard the music. I said, like, what the heck is that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he came out pretty heelish and very GM-ish at mm-hmm. this point. And he said, you know, he reminds the crowd, obviously, that the next polls poll is next week for elimination. And he kind of gives them a 60-second plea, I guess, Mm -hmm. to kind of state their case and saying why they should be voted number one next week. And, yeah, kind of of generic here. But before that, oh, man, I've been waiting for this moment, and I think you've been waiting for this moment as well. Before that, then we get probably the best theme song of this era. Mm, Good old dashing. Good old dashing. Cody Rowe. I actually really like that song. Dude, I marked out so hard when I heard that because I forgot that it happened in this season. I, I knew it was going to happen eventually with the whole dashing stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I this so this is officially the, the debut of him on NXT. Nice. As dashing. I forgot that he had the whole like little screen effect. Dude, that's so mirror, cool. But, like... <laughs> I, I forgot about it and realized that, you know, I'm kind of, you know, What's his face? Tyler Breeze has something similar, but not in that manner where mm. it's on the screen itself and actually doing the the mirror on the Titan Tron, and then it's actually projecting on the on the on the screen itself. Yeah, no, that's pretty gangster. Yeah, so I love this entrance, and overall, I just love the dashing Cody Rhodes gimmick in general. Yeah, I thought he worked it really well. You know, I'm a I'm actually a Cody Rhodes fan. Mm-hmm. Man. You know, I'm not gonna lie, he's probably he's probably my favorite Rhodes. Just because mm-hmm. Dusty was before my time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Goat Dust, I didn't understand him when I was young. I was mm-hmm. too young to understand what he was going for. I was like, what is this? Yeah, I I always loved the Goldust gimmick, but 
I think back then I didn't appreciate work rate as much as you did because I know you would always yeah. talk about the the cruiserweights and and everything. So to me, I always liked him for his character. And to be fair, I don't think he had too many work rate matches when he, he didn't was get a chance. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Goldust didn't get a chance to shine as a wrestler, but he owned that character so much. But I mean, like what? That was like 95, 96. Exactly. No one really, like, no. Know. Yeah. Work rate wasn't the thing. Yeah, You know, then. that and that the character went over my head because what? 95. I was like 10. Yeah. Was like, you know, what do I know about androgynous? People? Like, <laughs> nothing. Yeah. I'm like, man, if I was like, if Goldust happened now. Yeah. That'd be the greatest thing ever. Yeah. But it was like 20 years too early. Yeah. And and granted, they're somewhat doing a spiritual version of that with Velveteen Dream. But oh, yeah. But it's more modernized. So mm-hmm. it, it's way kind of, not as racy. Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, Velveteen is rocking it. But Goldust is for sure a trailblazer. Yeah. Before his time. Like, I'm pretty sure it kind of it probably started off as like a joke and almost like a punishment, and he like worked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is mine. This is the greatest thing you guys are gonna do during this time. Yeah, but the greatest thing going on at this, or I should say, is his is, dashing is, little is, brother, <laughs> Mister Cody. So yeah, at this point, Striker also gives them sixty seconds to kind of plead their case, and I I saw this more as a marketing ploy for. Husky's amazing shirt that they never sold. Nope. But we do have them available on our website. So mm, nice. Just follow the link below and uh, coming soon. Yes. <laughs> you can definitely, especially the back of the shirt where it, it plainly just says the Ferrari or the the army tank, army tank with the, the Ferrari, Ferrari engine. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Too hard, baby. Too hard. Uh, yeah, I. I like this Husky kind of stumbles a little bit during the promo, but overall Cody sold it really well for him. He bought in. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Bought in mm-hmm. all in. Yeah. <laughs> Works every time. <laughs> and yeah, GM striker makes the match official where <laughs> he makes the, uh, the tag team match between the two pairings and we go to commercial break. And afterwards we get lucky cannons pro review package. Mm-hmm. So kind of the same format where, they all kind of praise him at first where they say he has a good look and he has really good potential. But then they all kind of agree that he's very plain generic and generic. Yeah. And Miz says that, you know, he totally forgot about him until he, you know, you told them to talk about him. And I in my notes, I wrote down move over forgotten sons oh this is this is the real deal right here <laughs> i know the lucky cannon was a forgotten son before the forgotten sons were like thought of yeah because <laughs> he's still living the living the gimmick now so. mm-hmm. where is he at he's still forgotten yeah <laughs> so after that we kick off the tag team match between cody rhodes and husky harris versus mvp and percy watson mm-hmm. so husky and percy start off the match right off the bat Cole and Josh kind of remind the the fans that the voting actually starts tomorrow and, you know, the same kind of uh, format where 50 percent of the vote goes to the fans and 50 percent come from the pros. And I thought was kind of cool is that they already had the obstacle course set up around the ring. And from a production standpoint, which we'll get some points for this, is it's pretty smart because in last season when they tried to kind of set it up every segment. It ended up costing them time, you know, mm-hmm. where the cameraman was kind of stumbling on where to focus on. And also it, it takes time to set up these uh, these courses. Mm-hmm. throughout. So the fact that they had it around the ring, I think, worked in two ways because they saved on time. Mm-hmm. And also it presented a visual for the, the viewers to be like, oh, what the, he- what the heck is that? Whoa, what's that? Ooh, what's that? Whoa. Yeah. And then Josh and Cole did a good job of promoting it. That that's going to happen later on. So at that point, you're like, oh, okay, that's what they're going to do. I kind of want to watch what they're going to do later on. So Mm -hmm. they uh, really good, good, good production and booking in my mind. Yeah. So, yeah, as we mentioned in the previous episode, MVP is super over with the crowd and they're pretty much buying everything that he's selling at this point. Percy hits a nice sit down arm drag, which I haven't seen in a while. And he hits it on Cody and then hits his really nice trademark dropkick after that they're all kind of like variants of the uh like arm drag and hip toss that people just don't use a lot of mm-hmm. i feel like is an untapped market for yeah <laughs> like mainstream professional wrestlers because yeah. they're very safe moves so spice it up guys yeah yeah and yeah that sit down version is kind of unique because he's on the ground but he 
kind of lifts up as he's tossing in mm-hmm. midair. So it looked really good. Yeah, and, I'm with that. Yeah. So after after that, then they all kind of start brawling on the outside near the obstacle course. And I liked it here because at the end, MVP kind of strikes Cody in the face. And when we come back from commercial break, the, the commentators are still talking about that that punch before commercial. Mm-hmm. And I liked it because they're still selling and really getting over the gimmick of dashing Cody Rhodes at that point. Oh, and his face. His face, yeah. So I, at first I was thinking, why are they making a big deal out of this? But then... A little off-put. Yeah, off-put. And at the same time, then they start plugging this poll that the the, the Divas wanted to, you know, point out who was the sexiest guy in, in WWE. And of course, Cody Rhodes won that poll as well. <laughs> so they're doing a, a really good job of selling the the new dashing Rhodes uh, gimmick at this point. Nice. So I, I gave him some points there. And yeah, in the closing sequence, then we get the hot tag to MVP and he hits ballin on <laughs> on Cody. And yeah, he's super over with the fans that they all, you know, cheer along. And but after that, then he kind of gets distracted and Cody hits his uh, spin kick from the turnbuckle, which he lands perfectly and tags into Husky. And Husky, yeah, just hits the senton splash for the victory. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he gets the victory at 10.55. And yeah, I, I like this match. What what uh what did you think? I liked it too until the end because I just don't understand why Percy couldn't make that save. Mm. Like, Cody was out the ring. Husky's back was to you, bro. Mm-hmm. How can you not make that save? I'm not sold on that. I'm not sold. Maybe. But the match itself was good. Yeah. But... Maybe on the half case sense, it might just because he's a rookie and inexperienced to to know to dive in there. I don't know. I know. I guess but that's <laughs> like you know what your opponent's finishers are, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know you're supposed to make that save. Yeah. True. True. But I like the match. Yeah. I'm pretty sure this might be reflected in my score. I don't remember, <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> awesome. Afterwards, we get Michael McGillicuddy's pro uh, review. Michael McGillicuddy, I think, from what I've seen so far, has probably the best chance of winning this thing. He's got the look, and from what I've seen in the ring, he's got the tools. You look at him in the face when he walks through the curtain, and he is happy. You can feel his passion when you watch him. He has that fire. He has that spark. You can see it in his eyes. He's as close as perfect as it gets. He sure is. (laughs) He's not flawless. No way. The only thing that's been less than perfect would be that Michael McGillicuddy was talking all about how he's bringing back ruthless aggression to the WWE. Well, arm drags and drop kicks and leapfrogs, that's not ruthless aggression. He has a big chip on his shoulder, and uh, I think that's definitely a good thing. And uh, he's ready to have fun and ready to uh, become a star. For me, I, I'm really, because I don't remember, and I haven't seen the next episode yet, where he hasn't had a match in a while, so he's still at 4-0. And the person who had that in season one is Heath Slater before mm-hmm. he lost to Kane. So I, I'm curious to see if he's actually going to break that streak of mm, being undefeated. The longest undefeated streak. Yeah, so it's been two episodes now and he hasn't had a match. So I'm like, oh, come on. I, I just wanted to know if he's if he's going <laughs> to break it or if uh, if he's going to. Give me my fun stat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm basically being greedy here. I know, I know. <laughs> I see it. You know what, man? I was looking at mcgillicuddy's promo or his video or whatever yeah and i was just looking at his ring gear and i was like you know what if you're not gonna give him the hennig name dress him like mr perfect a little oh, bit yeah, yeah, just yeah. like not a lot but ring wear inspired because like, i looked at it what he's wearing and the colors were for sure yeah because yeah. he had like that same blue shade with uh like the pink in there to kind of you know kind of play off some of the singlets that mr perfect used to wear uh-huh but I think it would have been pretty cool just to see him flat out wear that Mr. Perfect singlet or at least do something similar to pay more homage to where you kind of came from. Because if you're just going to allude to it all the time, but there's no direct connection, like you don't use the finisher or nothing. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little far fetched. Yeah. So it would have looked good to either adopt something. It's, there's nothing wrong with adopting either moves or looks from like your, you know, unless you're going to be totally different. If you're going to play up to it, rock it. Yeah, Natty is a heart for sure through and through. You can see it in her gear. Yeah, if you're gonna rock the next gen, like the the second generation superstar or third generation superstar thing, you gotta have the inspiration somewhere in it. Like Bray Wyatt right now, there's nothing about him that says 
IRS. Yeah. That's yeah, not yeah. in his character. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You could play more into where you draw your inspiration from if you want to do it that way. If that's part of your character, yeah. It would have been a good look to or at least like if he was gonna wear the trunks, wear like that little black yeah, uh yeah, yeah. that would like cool. little black V thing that uh Mr. Perfect had on his, that would have been dope to see. Yeah. I think the the main you know, this is me speculating, but I think the main thing back then was probably they may have had a, a thing back then where they were during the trunks era, maybe mm. where they just wanted all the the really lean bodies to kind of just wear the same look. That's my only. That makes sense because you kind of see it just pretty like, oh, wow, look at all these guys. Yeah, they all look kind of the same at that yeah. point. And this is what this is. Back when oh, Kofi still wasn't wor- Kofi was in trunks. Yeah, yeah, man. he was. Yeah. That that's what I'm saying. I, at this point, how we mentioned the Miz had just started doing the whole mm-hmm. trunks thing. Orton's been in trunks his whole his whole career. Mm-hmm. Cody, same thing. Uh what's his face? DBIC. DBIC Jr. Yeah. yeah. So I think it's just it wasn't his fault. I think it may have just it been It may a, have been a uniform thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I I don't critique him. I I I, I would probably just critique whatever the, the style was at that point. I wish I can get hired to dress WWE wrestlers because mm-hmm. I always have these ideas of what they will look best in. They just don't do it because they leave it up to themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a cool job. That would be a real dope <laughs> job. Like, man, you should wear this, but you look way better. Yeah. <laughs> so I like this uh, video package because they, you know, they kind of get over how passionate he is. And the the one that I liked was uh, Cody Rhodes because he said, you know, McGillicuddy initially said that he wanted to bring back the ruthless aggression, aggression. era, but you're not going to be ruthless by doing drop kicks He's and arm, arm drags. I was like, oh man, he so got he nothing got... ruthless about drop kicks and arm drags. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, man, he's right. <laughs> so really, really well done, and yeah, I I like this because it was a good balance of even though he is the you know he has the best record so far that they still kind of. Uh, Put him back down to earth, so to speak. At that mm-hmm. point. So I thought it was good. After that, we go to commercial. And when we come back, we kind of get the raw recap of Mark Henry versus Wade Barrett. Dude, this was uh, pretty crazy. So there's a lot going on in this one. I watched that whole thing. Lost and confused. Dude. So to kind of paint the picture, Mark Henry went up against Wade Barrett on raw the night before. And Mark Henry went up to the second turnbuckle. And then Wade Barrett literally lifts this guy and goes for Wasteland. But I I really hope Barrett didn't like blow out his back. Yeah, because the way he chucked them down. Whew, yeah, he couldn't looked, get him over his shoulders. He ended up just falling. Yeah, it I mean, it looked good for Barrett, but I just hope. Yeah, he didn't pull anything mm-hmm. at that point. So, yeah, props to Wade Barrett for lifting him and attempting to do his best wasteland at that point. The next matchup is Alex Riley versus Lucky Cannon. We don't get any uh, entrances because at that point, they also get 60 seconds to kind of plead their case as mm. well. And I I liked Lucky Cannon's. I, I only liked it because I'm comparing it to Alex Riley's. But I like Lucky Cannon's because he delivered it really well and his pacing and mm. his uh, his speech pattern was really well. Even though it was very generic baby face kind of context, the way he delivered it was really well done. Lucky Cannon is good on the how. Yeah, yeah. But he's not very good with the what. Yeah. So like how he delivers things and how he executes things is great. Yeah. What he's doing and what he's delivering, maybe not the best subject matter or like material. So mm-hmm. that's where his pitfalls are, I think. Yeah, because... Right afterwards, then we get Alex Riley. And even though I was blown away by Alex Riley initially when we first started this season, now his stuff kind of does seem a little repetitive. And it's dated and repetitive. Yeah. yeah. Now, now he, same thing. Like he's he's done a really good job of same thing, delivering his promos. But it's kind of what we were just talking about with the the wrestling matches versus versus the the stomp the stomping and beatdowns mm-hmm. that I don't remember anything that you said in that promo. No, me neither. But with Lucky Cannon, I don't remember word for word, but I remember the message he was trying to deliver. Yeah. So I remember he was just thankful to for the opportunity and really loved the support of the WWE universe. Mm-hmm. So when you compare those two, 
even though he delivered more of a bland babyface promo, I know what message he was trying to send versus what Riley did. He delivered it, but I don't remember anything that he said. Yeah. So not not only what he said, but what message was he really trying to probably being a bully? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this match, unfortunately, yeah, I, I'm just I'm, it was a sneeze. It was a sneeze. It was literally a sneeze. I, I think I've had longer sneezes <laughs> than mm-hmm. this matchup. So the only good thing I had here was Lucky Cannon hits a really nice big boot. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Cole kind of goes into his uh, I hate Daniel Bryan mode again, where he's uh, annoyed by Lucky Cannon's social media posts for some uh, reason. Yeah. So I think he's trying to garner that heat on Lucky Cannon now that since he's a bland baby face. And yeah, Lucky Cannon tries to do a top rope splash, but misses. And then, yeah, Alex Riley just kind of you're dismissed. Hits it <laughs> and uh, gets the victory at 114, which I didn't have a chance to look it up. But I'm pretty sure this is now either the shortest match or in contendership for the shortest match in NXT history. Yes, nice. thus, thus far. So, yeah, unfortunately, there's not much to there's not much meat on this bone. Huh? Mm, nice. Like like that. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I can't really say too much. And the only thing I can really talk about is the post-match stuff, because. I'm pretty sure the post-match stuff was longer than this matchup where Alex Riley, or I should say the Miz teases hitting him with the money in the bank briefcase, which I should mention, which I, I didn't say at the top of the show, the Miz actually won the raw money in the bank ah. briefcase. So, Ah, yes. This is during that time where they did two of those. Huh? It, because the, the first money in the bank pay-per-view introduced the raw and SmackDown. Ah, so Jack Swagger won the Smackdown, Smackdown one? Yes. Oh, that's balls. Yeah. <laughs> Did the Raw one have not as many guys? No, I think they both prob- had 10. No, I think they both had eight. I think. I thought they were hyping up the the one with Jack Swagger having the most. Oh, okay. Maybe. So, so yeah, he teases hitting uh, Lucky Cannon with the briefcase, but they kind of walk out of the ring. But then we get a surprise where he jumps back into the ring and actually hits him with the briefcase in mm-hmm. the in the uh, midsection and then hits the skull crushing finale into the briefcase, which looked pretty vicious. Yeah, really good sell by Mr. Cannon. Mm-hmm. So that like 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 a whiz. And he saw the replay. He didn't really hit his face, but it looked really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got his hands right there just like you're supposed to do it. That's how you draw that up, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had here where lucky to me how we said you can tell he probably is the most inexperienced from the uh the eight rookies but when it comes to his selling skills he's he's on the money because mm-hmm. with that and the face to the 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 steps last week mm-hmm. he does a really good job you know what's the greatest thing about it is like he probably sells so well because it's close to dangerous mm. so like oh. it's like when you look at ronda rousey it's like oh man she sells so well it's like no she is holding on by the skin of her teeth <laughs> <laughs> You're seeing some like, you know, it's some crazy flailing around. But hey, man, the effort is there. Like yeah, you can yeah. see the effort in both of them. And I appreciate that a lot. That's true. You're probably right. And they might have had the same amount of experience during that point. So that's probably the characteristics characteristics that come along with that. You know, mm-hmm. nice, nice. So, yeah, we go to commercial break. And when we come back, then we get our weekly Nexus update, which is the raw rebound. <laughs> yes. And yeah, so the story here is that they had their Seamus and John Cena had their match at Money in the Bank. And apparently Seamus had called a truce with the Nexus. So I think they were trying to kind of pull a swerve on us with John Cena looking defeated and super dramatic about losing and and everything that he says that, you know, I couldn't beat the Nexus. So I might, you know, and he ends it there by not, you know, if you can't beat him. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to be against this, yeah, 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 he's going to join him. Yeah, so he doesn't. He doesn't quite say he'll join him, but later in the night, he uh, he calls out the Nexus, saying that he wants to also form a truce. But the Nexus declined that offer and say that the only way they want to uh, do a truce with him is if if uh, Cena actually joins the Nexus. Mm-hmm. So that kind of kicks off the next storyline there. But then. <laughs> Cena, uh, you know, Wade Barrett says, you know, you only have two choices. You can either leave the ring as the coward that you are or you'll get the most vicious and delicious beating of your life. Of course. (laughs) So Cena actually leaves the ring 
And then Cena says that he's actually been Nick Furying the whole time. (laughs) And uh, secretly forming a team to take down the Nexus at SummerSlam. And I don't know about you, but this is probably my favorite random tag team pairing of all time. (laughs) I I was looking at that and I was like, you know what? I'm sure for the time, this isn't random. Yeah, yeah. But me seeing that (laughs) right then and there is the most random team. What was it like? Oh, I have it. Oh, I have it here. But please I, do. I I want to go into it. They they wanted the surprises with Bret Hart being the last one. But when I read the last one, I think you'll all agree that this is probably the best one. So first we get Edge, mm-hmm. which is you know pretty cool. Then we get John Morrison, our mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Then Jericho, and then they try to close it off with Bret Hart being the surprise one. But to me, my my all star for this one. Was the great Kali. <laughs> Biggest random insert I could possibly think of right there. Like, I was so thrown off. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. And yeah, at that point, they kind of run off the Nexus in that promo. And when we kind of kick back to the broadcast team, Cole says that they're an all-star team. And for sure, in my heart, they are, they are the ultimate all-star team. Oh, my God. And yeah, Josh even says that, you know, he calls them the Avengers. And he calls them the Avengers before the Avengers was a thing. Yes. The movie didn't come out till 2012. Mm-hmm. But you know what I think? They probably got it from one of those Marvel movies that mentioned the Avengers initiative. Mm. Which might have been... Iron Man probably, right? Uh, Either Iron Man for sure. Or either Iron Man or um The Incredible Hulk for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, That yeah. one with Edward Norton. I know they mentioned it at the end in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It, I think it was one of the first yeah, cliffhangers. It was, it was one of those two movies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, but overall, it was cool because he was kind of dropping those lines before it hit the mainstream. Man, mission. that whole mini segment was dope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as random as it was, it was great. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> I bought into that for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, after that, then the broadcast team also kind of gets over the voting announcement again. So afterwards, then we get Eli and Caval that they get their shot to do their 30 second or 60 second promo, I should say. And yeah, Morrison actually does a really good job of getting actually both Morrison and Eli do a good job of getting themselves over where Morrison tells this airport story, which uh, I, that was the best thing. I That's why I really remember this episode so much. Last week after NXT, I was flying home from Louisville it's at the airport having a breakfast burrito. When the whole NXT roster walked by, Percy, Husky, Riley, Eli, the rest of them, the kids stopped eating and one of them asked his mom, Mom, who is that? Talking about Eli. Who is that? They didn't know anybody on NXT, they didn't care, but for some reason, they wanted to watch Eli. If Eli keeps improving and learning, I think he could be the long-term investment that's worth more than anybody else on NXT Season 2. I very, very much remember that yeah. from John Moore. Because he said it so straight faced and it was like such a logical thing to hear. I was like, you know what? That makes sense. You, you can tell that was a true story for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. I, you know what? Either it was a good story or a true story, or he just, you know, that's good writing. But I think that might have been a true story. Yeah. But you know what? It, I, this is why I think it was a true story because at the same time, it's like, hey, mom, I might recognize these other guys. So who the heck is that one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that could go either way yeah. oh, so i true. really think that this might be a true story that's very true i, I didn't think about it in that aspect i just <laughs> thought about it right now <laughs> that's a good one and yeah eli also kind of gets himself over too when he gets the mic he asks striker like who are you gonna vote for and he's like striker's like you know i'm not involved and he's like i said <laughs> who are you gonna vote for he tried to punk him. yeah yeah i and, like that and striker's like oh i'm gonna vote for you for sure <laughs> mm-hmm. <Gave> him the business <laughs> so then uh Layla, or I should say, Lay Lay Cool, kind of get Caval over, and I like Layla's uh, Emma gloves that she was wearing. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very Emma esque like before before thing. Mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. before Emma started sporting them. Mm-hmm. They do their Lay Cool thing. They do the tandem talking, and you know they say that he's like cool, but not as cool as us. And like, yeah, the thing I appreciated was Caval when he said, "You know, if if I win." I, I can have some dream matches with Evan Bourne. Evan Bourne. <laughs> Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Ray Mysterio. Yes! <laughs> I love that. 
<laughs> I love that he said it that way. <laughs> I was, I, I really hope, I really hope that you caught that too. I caught every minute because every time he speaks, it just gets my attention. It's like the hairs on my back and my neck stand up. And I'm like, ah, what is that noise coming from that little man? It's like your cabal sense. <laughs> Bro, it's like, dude, they just, whatever his normal speaking voice is, they took it and just pitched it down like mm. four octaves. Yeah, and, yeah. Man, it's kind of it's kind of like nails back in the day, but that was actually voice or you know modified. Man. But this is his actual that voice. Is that man's actual speaking voice. Like, how did how did nobody want to pick him up for voice work? Yeah, like weren't they shooting TNA and Universal Studios? Like, what didn't nobody walk by and just hear that dude's voice? Like, wait a minute, get him now. Yeah, I. It may have just been him really not being interested in pursuing it, but. I, I'm pretty sure when he gets older and just can't go in the ring anymore, that's... Uh, Dude, voice work is his yeah. thing, man. He got that... Vo- All you got to do is read the script. Just normal voice. Mm-hmm. And you get this powerful, weird, <laughs> influential sounding voice, man. Like, he could... You know what? Get this dude to be Optimus Prime. We wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he, down the road, if it's either for AEW or... Oh, man, or, promo work? Yeah, like, just once he gets older, just does all the promo work for them in uh, those video packages and everything. We never know the difference. Like, you know what? This fool's on NXT back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So we go to our final commercial break, and we return with the Obstacle Course 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's a little bit more modified but the rules are still the same where the rookie who can finish the quickest will earn an immunity pass for next week's elimination poll. Mm-hmm. So before we, before we do that, then I believe McGillicuddy is the last one to get his 60 second promo. But it was mostly Kofi just uh, selling and doing the promo. Work the McGilla buddy. Oh, my God. You <laughs> spoiled it. <laughs> I was going to say, that is our next t-shirt right there. The, mm, the, the McGilla Buddies. I love it. <laughs> Man, the McGilla Buddies. I, I, I laughed so hard when he said that. I was like, oh, that's a shirt for sure. I was, you know what? Honest to God, I was like working, right? And yeah. I had, I was watching NXT on my iPad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I heard it and I just kind of like choked up and started laughing. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. The it, McGilla Buddies. It, I, I liked it so much because you can tell those two are really enjoying their time together. Mm. That as soon as you said it, like. Kofi and McGillicuddy both broke out just a, a genuine smile. You can <laughs> you can just see how how much he's been waiting to say that. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say it, dude. No, you're not. I'm yeah. gonna say it. I'm saying it. Yeah, he said it. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'll get into the. Uh, I won't go into too much detail with the actual obstacle course, but just some highlights here and there. Mm-hmm. So McGillicuddy's up first, and he sets the pace at twenty six sec twenty six point seven seconds. Which is pretty fast. What striker is 45.7 or yes. something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh, then we get Alex Riley next. And he stumbles on the, the balancing board a little bit. So at that, so when he stumbles on it, then he kind of s- tries to skip over it. But then Jack Doan stops him and makes him redo it. Mm. So once he redoes it and closes the, the course, he actually clocks in at 40.3 seconds. Mm. And he kind of gets in a little scuffle with Jack Doan because he, he he's blaming him for uh, for his his timing there. Mm-hmm. Then we get Eli Cottonwood, and I was really impressed because he he jumps over the first wall. And that's because Eli Cottonwood was out there dunking on people in his basketball career. Yeah, you know? but I, Air Eli. <laughs> Air Eli. <laughs> All right, so I was trying to think of a shirt design, and I think you just did it for me. You're like, <laughs> I gotta write that down. See if you could get like a good silhouette of him uh, jumping it, over the thing to make done. it like his shoe look. It, it's done. <laughs> It's done now. That, that Air Eli's boy. Because I was trying to come up with a shirt design for each rookie, mm-hmm. and I have most of them because we have we have <laughs> Caval's pink shirt from Laycool. Lay nice. Then we have, of course, Husky. We have Lucky Cannons. I got mm-hmm. Lucky and uh, McGilla McGilla Buddies. Yeah. <laughs> and now Air Eli. Now Air. <laughs> bro, my cheeks are hurting right now. Tell <laughs> me, bro. Air Eli is coming out. Air Eli. Oh, <laughs> it's going down. Oh my cheeks! <laughs> Air Eli's is coming out soon to the store near you. <laughs> so, so he, uh, it was really impressive, but he also stumbles on the balance. He gets CQ'd because he does end up skipping that part of it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. 
So up next we have Lucky Cannon, and you know he he does really well and is pretty close to beating it, but at the end just misses out barely at twenty eight point two seconds. Put his heart in that thing. Too, it, I uh, yeah, he he looked really legit, and the the only one who I say looked a little bit more realistic was Caval right afterwards, <laughs> because he he did uh, he jumped over the first wall as well, mm-hmm. and then he does military push ups by by doing it with his. Uh, oh yeah, he doesn't want to knuckle. He had his leg split too. That's like a that's like a martial arts thing. Mm-hmm. And he clocks in a little bit slower than Lucky at twenty nine point one, but I think he delivered the most realistic attempt at a at an obstacle course compared to either season one or season two. Oh yeah. I, I really, I really liked it. He just looked really genuine. When he oh was. yeah. Cause I mean, you could see it. Like if anybody looked like they were actually trying, it was him. Yeah. And you could see how heavy that thing was at the end. Cause he was on pace to beat it. Yeah. 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 It was heavier than he was. <laughs> and uh, yeah, up next we have Percy Watson. He, I like the way he jumped over all three walls. I don't, I don't know what it was. It looked very video game ish mm-hmm. where he just kind of, leaped over each one and yeah it, it looked pretty cool <laughs> i i think i know where you're going <laughs> hey when he was on the balance yes. beam, did you hear that dude go slip and fall oh yeah <laughs> literally literally i had here fans were being dicks <laughs> saying oh and oh yeah is that one <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that you caught that. Oh, man. I, I definitely, I'm going to amplify the audio so you can kind of hear it and insert it into the episode, but it's no. so bad. He said something after that, but I was busy laughing when he said it. <laughs> Move on to the balance beam. Slip and fall. So mean. Slip and fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so loud. I I I guarantee you, Percy afterwards was like dying backstage man, and, and like, man, this dude told me <laughs> that's what messed me up, bud. <laughs> I would beat your time. Oh, uh, dude, messed me up. I think I might need to change my entertainment score after, after this. I, I forgot where to put it. I, I, I forgot like, how good that was. <laughs> man, that was like crap. That's like a bonus five. Yeah. <laughs> Crowd heckling. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm going to attempt to close this episode out. <laughs> so Husky, Husky's the last one to go, and at first he's playing along with it, where he jumps the first two walls, but then all of a sudden he just kind of goes into a football stance and rams through the last wall. If he would have just like went first wall, second wall, and just ran straight through the third one and kept going, that would have been dope. But yeah, it was yeah. like, let me just pretend like I'm not going to play, and then let me run through it. And I'm going to go over there and do the push-ups. Like, yeah, yeah, Come yeah. on, bro. You already lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your time is way over. Yeah. So it, it was kind of... Uh, but the thing I liked about the commentators, they were uh, they were saying, like, well, we know that he's not going to get voted by the uh, the WWE Universe based on, you know, being a dick. <laughs> but at the same time, he's just going to, like, showcase to the pros of, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make... I'm gonna make a mark, so to speak. Yeah. So it kind of worked out for him at that point, and I, I laughed when he when he did it. <laughs> it was just the pacing of it. it could, yeah, it yeah. could have looked smoother or like more either smoother and more nonchalant. Yeah. So uh, at this point too, I think they're kind of running out of time in the episode overall because as soon as uh, Husky finishes the course, then Stryker just kind of announces McGillicuddy as the winner mm, and and he, and he gets immunity, and they kind of just are trying to like cut off the episode at that point. So, yeah, McGillicuddy ends up winning. He's the first one to go, and he actually uh, kept the pace pretty much throughout the whole episode. So uh, for one second, I'm going to go in, uh, go ahead and adjust my score for entertainment because Me too. Uh, I <laughs> I forgot about that segment. So I'm going to put the Konami pause right here. <laughs> I don't have that many, uh, or I should say I don't have any facts or fun facts here because I, I Unfortunately, didn't have the time to research it. Mm-hmm. But overall, I I thought this was a really fun episode, and I'll, I'll let you uh, kind of kick it off with your uh, your scoring here. Man, I got you. All right, hold on. Let me just go ahead and switch back to my thing. I don't need a Konami pause, but we're good, baby. Let's do it. Commentary. 
for me, the commentary was a standard affair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of illustrated good at uh, it seemed like they ran out of the time at the end of that episode. Yeah. So that was what it was. Matches, 2.5. That's probably being generous. Yeah. Because we didn't get much to work with. Yeah. We had a sneeze and then what was the other one? We had a sneeze and, uh, you know, kind of a long tag match with some logic that didn't really add up at the end to me. Yeah. Production, four. Yeah. That raw rebound and the Nexus recaps yeah. were great. Yeah. Um, entertainment, I had to bump that one up. Yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it was solid overall. And somehow the obstacle course never fails. Yeah, yeah. So that's a solid four, baby. Yeah. I think we pretty much have very identical scoring. The only difference that I gave was commentary. I gave them a 3.5. Nice. Because kind of similar to last week where... These last few weeks, yeah, Josh and Cole have been really good about kind of multitasking their mm. their commentary work where they're balancing the overall concept of the show. Mm-hmm. They're, con- they're reviewing the storylines that they're doing. Throughout the matches, they know when to pick their spot of mm. uh, doing the color while uh, there's uh, low points of the match. And yeah, just pretty entertaining overall. So th- that's why I gave them a higher number. And but yeah, I think the rest are pretty much identical where I gave matches a, a 2.5. <laughs> I gave production a four as well. And yeah, I just bumped it up now to four <laughs> for entertainment because I as as you and I were just describing this obstacle course, I forgot how much fun I had watching just them. watching them. Yeah, yeah. Heck of funny, dude. You know what? <laughs> That's like one of my favorite things by the way we scored too, because we're kind of looking for different things. Yeah. So like your commentary scores are usually higher than mine because mm-hmm. I will openly admit that I ignore them sometimes. Yeah, you know, no, and there are times where I do <laughs> have them as white noise because if I'm if I know that they're not being engaging, mm-hmm. like they're it's like everything else when we kind of give matches a three. We give them a three because they did their job and they did a really good job. But nothing really stood out. Yeah, it was kind of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I can kind of tell when the commentary does up their game, too, when they either are just kind of, you know, phoning it in mm-hmm. or just, you know, yeah, phoning it in is the best word. Or when they are actually trying to step it up a little bit more. Oh, yeah. But kind of how we both agree with production and entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think they really went out of the way to really just make this a really entertaining episode. So. It was a very fun episode in retrospect. Yes. <laughs> Cool. So with our combined score, we gave it a 3.4, which is, yeah, it balanced out because the matches weren't the greatest, but the the, the production and their entertainment were definitely on. And that's sports entertainment in a nutshell, people. And that, folks, is sports entertainment. The matches aren't always the best, but the production and the entertainment should be up there, baby. That's that's the sound clip of the year right there. <laughs> For the next episode, the match main event we have, which I'm really looking forward to just reading it out loud now, is uh, Caval versus Husky Harris. Nice. Just because these two are of the fastest guys on the show. <laughs> two of the fastest and two of our boys. <laughs> All right. So if. Husky Harris has a Ferrari tank. What does uh, Caval have? He's got a... Um, I'm not much of a car guy, so I have to... I would I mean, think that like Caval is something fast, but fuel efficient. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's awesome. So I can't think of one right now, but whatever that is, that's him. Yes. <laughs> fast, but fuel efficient. <laughs> That's a, that's mm-hmm. awesome. That, you're gonna be a tank with a Ferrari engine. Like he's fast, but you know he could go a good while longer than that tank's gonna go with that engine. What's a good engine that has some kick in it? <laughs> Man, you know he might be a. Uh, he could be like a Dodge, like a little Hemi. Like they could get good mileage, but they they can go for a good while with some power. So yeah, <laughs> he might be a Dodge. Yeah, you know he could be a little Dodge with a with a is strong that make a lot of noise like he's a motorcycle yeah that's it's a loud little motorcycle <laughs> awesome so yeah i can't wait for that one and of course next week is the next poll elimination and our boy mcgillicuddy is safe so nice yeah unless Nobody they taking out the mcgillic buddies no not at all <laughs> <laughs> that will do it for this episode i uh yeah i did have a shout out that I wanted to give out. So I will pull up my information 
was it super super information highway what did it, <laughs> what, 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 what was it from the cable guy who said i think it's super information highway yeah yeah jeez <laughs> wow the internet <laughs> basically so yeah I'll, I'll give a shout out to our buddy at side note suplex underscore he uh yeah he does a lot of uh wrestling news and various entertainment stuff and some cool custom ed- art edits and yeah he also does a lot of memorabilia collections so i would definitely uh look him up his instagram handle is side note suplex with an underscore i'll uh, i'll make sure to put it in the uh description below if you want to give him a follow mm. so yeah that was about it for me i didn't really have any other plugs this week me neither awesome so yeah Thanks again for tuning in, and we can't wait to uh, cover the next episode. Awesome. Take care. Uh.